Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back in on another edition of BrewCast. Ready to talk a huge matchup this Saturday night in the Big House, the top 15 matchup with the Wisconsin Badgers coming to town. Luke Yardy here with you, joined as usual, well, usually as usual, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani. Good to have Anthony back. Anthony, know you had uh, a little dog issue going on, you know, in, in our unofficial mascot. I got to ask, how's our good girl doing? Well, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, I was a lot of... A lot of stuff going on last week, and I was in Minnesota for the weekend for a wedding. So not only did I not see enough of the Michigan game uh, and get to it before the show to do the show, while I was gone, my dog also was bitten by another dog. So I'm not, I won't go into the details of that. It's kind of a, I guess, a private matter, so to speak, how that all went down. Suffice to say, I wasn't around when it happened, and I'm not happy that it happened. But that's besides the point. So I've had a dog. Um you know, she's fine. Uh, she got bit on the belly, a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of swelling. We were on antibiotics, all that stuff. Um, and now it's the gross part where, uh, the cyst, the wound is, is draining. So, um, kind of had this, not to get too graphic, this watery, bloody stuff shooting out of my dog. Like it's the evil dead, uh, up in here. So, uh, and I have white carpets too. So that's, that's great. Oh, fun. Um, so right now she is, uh, She's in her crate right now, so I can do this show in uninterrupted. She may bark. She may howl uh, for a bit. That's okay. I'll get up and take care of it. But that's what we're dealing with now. She's fine. Energy's there. Pain is gone. Just uh, kind of dealing with the aftermath of all that. But it's good to be back. Uh, I missed being here last week. I know I was, certainly was not for lack of effort. Uh, 
although I suppose that could be debatable too. But uh, yeah, good to be back. Uh, always good to be back on after a win. Uh, and then, you know, this is what we've been talking about for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. This is the stretch that matters. This is the, um, this is where, this is what makes or breaks their season. So it uh, kind of feels like we've just been biding our time until then, but now we're here and uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but glad to, glad to, break down what happened last weekend and talk about what's coming next. Well, you know, hopefully um, if she's able to, you give her some extra treats, you know, or if she's not able to till she's fully recovered, give her some extra treats. Then uh, Chris, what's going on, man? How you doing? How you enjoying the MLB postseason so far? Uh, so far, so good. I wish some of these series were a little bit closer, uh, but at the same time, games for the most part is ex- are exciting. I haven't had nearly as uh, eventful a week. Uh, as Anthony has had, but uh, I, I'm I'm probably I guess I'm pretty grateful for that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Yeah, so, yeah, it sounds pretty um, brutal. Yeah, even uh, so, we were not to get too off on a tangent to start the show, but so we were supposed to have our last week at week of obedience training last week, and obviously with with her going through what she could go through, uh, or what she was going through with the injury we weren't going to go. So I called the owner and I was like, yeah, you know, we're not gonna be able to be there. And, um, you know, I, and me stupidly, I'm a first time dog owner go. Yeah. I I don't, you know, I figured at some point I have to deal with something like this. And she goes, let me stop you right there. You should have never had to deal with anything like this. So I was like, Oh, well that just makes me feel even better. So, but, uh, we're good now. Everything's good here. Um, I guess, uh, onward, uh, to quote Jim Harbaugh. So. Well, we, real quickly though, we're we're gonna go ahead and look backward just a tad. We're gonna take a look at this uh, that this Maryland game that happened on Saturday, and a nice little delay. Nothing like throwing your Saturday routine off uh, by an hour and fifteen minutes. But uh, you know, Anthony tweeted out early in the morning on Saturday about how bad the weather was down in Ann Arbor. It ended up looking pretty nice though. Uh, come game time, it looked like it was pretty sunny. Were you there? Yes, I was there. Um, and this is just like me tweeting out a take or a prediction or anything in general. I, I tweeted out something along the lines of, you know, it's absolutely pouring Ann Arbor today. Don't expect any sexy football at all. So, cause I, I mean, the forecast called for rain all day. It's just like, all right, it's going to be one of those games where they're probably going to have problems covering the spread and they're going to run the football. Well, uh, because I put a take out into the universe, <laughs> naturally the opposite thing happened. And uh, there was a little bit of delay. I think we got started around one thirty ish, one fifteen around then. Uh, weather was really it was beautiful the rest of the day outside of being uh, humid, but I mean that's that's nothing compared to what was there. So uh, pretty pretty explosive uh, game through the air, which I didn't expect given the weather forecast. But again, um, it, it did clear up. We thought there would be a little bit of a concern. It wasn't really raining as hard as some of the other games that they've they've had the last few years. Like I think it was the Minnesota game last year where there might've been, I forget if there was a delay or not, but there was actually water pooling up in the corners of the end zone. It never really rained like that. It's just more of the lightning thing uh, and the lightning policy, which obviously that's a safety thing. And, and, you know, they didn't open the gates right away until that was, they were given the all clear to do that because the only thing tougher than getting 110,000 people into one area is getting 110,000 people out of one area. If, they had to evacuate the stadium. So they played it right. I know it's frustrating. Uh, didn't quite get the abbreviated broadcast that everyone thought they would get. Um, but I think the weather kind of subsided in enough time for them to, to get that thing in. And really, I think uh, 
normally I get home from those games about 5.30. I think I was still home by 6.30 or so, so it wasn't too big of a delay. So uh, overall, not a not a bad for weather uh, weekend. This was a uh, this was a dominating performance by Michigan, but also kind of a weird game, right? You know, Michigan found themselves down seven to three at the end of the first quarter, even though Michigan pretty much dominated that first quarter thanks to that kickoff return by Maryland. But at the end of the day, Michigan outgained them four sixty five to two twenty, two ninety four to seventy three through the air, and one seventy one to one forty seven on the ground. I think at one point, the beginning of the fourth quarter, Maryland had something like eighty four total yards. So this Michigan defense was uh, absolutely dominant. Chris, what did you see on Saturday that that you really like from the Wolverines? Uh, as far as stuff I really like, the passing game. I think they're opening up the offense a lot more. Um, it, and defensively, I, I you know, I guess it's I guess we kind of take for granted just how good they are because it it didn't surprise me at all uh, what they did to Maryland. And I don't, it, from what I saw, I don't think Maryland's that bad of a team they're respectable i mean they beat texas who's gone who's gone on to have a, a great season uh sorry i'm did ian Kin- no ian kinsler just missed a grand slam sorry um they they've uh you know texas gone on to have a really good season but offensively i think it was where things impressed me shea patterson um is we've we've talked about his mobility in the past and what he's able to do in the run game, but just outside of the pocket, he really is like like a like a mini Johnny Manziel. Honestly, that little reverse spin move that he does when he's getting chased down is just a thing of beauty. And I think uh, the offensive line is making tremendous strides. Yes, they still have a lot of plays where uh, you know they'll, they'll run up the middle and only get one or two yards, but in pass protection. For the most part, and I think this is helped out by the fact that Shea uh, is great at getting out of the pocket, but they have had a lot of moments in which they've given him ample amount of time to throw. And I think they, they that gives Shea a lot of confidence. And another thing, real quick before I pass it on to uh, you guys, is uh, how good the receivers and the tight ends have been catching passes i i I mean this team has had very very few drops all season and i think to a certain extent it it goes along with what i said at the beginning of the year where we couldn't tell how good the receivers were last year because they just never had anybody to throw them the ball this year we're finally getting uh, we're finally seeing the true potential of these receivers and these tight ends as they have a quarterback who's able to get, you know, step up and sling it. And in, as a result, we've seen very few drops, a lot of production offensively. Shea missed one or two throws, but he made up for it with some electric plays. Donathan Peoples-Jones uh, seems to kind of be the go-to guy, the guy that Shea trusts the most right now. Um, uh, another impressive performance and and a good uh tune up for for what's to come anthony i'll ask the same to you yeah i i think think chris's point point when you talk about the wide receivers and and the tight ends i think that um what really stands out is jim McElwain is doing a really good job with those guys i mean you're seeing them I mean, last year obviously you said that they didn't have anyone to throw to him and that's absolutely true i mean the quarterback play is 
uh, we talked about this coming into the year. It, it, the floor is a hell of a lot higher than it's been probably since Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan and even longer than that. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where Wait, the no, they didn't have the, the guy to throw him the ball. The floor. The floor is much higher. Like you knew that at the worst. Oh, the, at, at their, worst. Okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. At their worst is much better than what the worst. Obviously, we saw what happened. It, it, they bottomed out last year yes. with quarterback play. Um, so in that aspect, I think that that certainly helps. But um, So they didn't have guys throwing the ball last year. But I also think that these guys are doing a much better job of getting open, finding separation. Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, you know, we've talked about before, really coming out of high school is more of just an athlete, a guy that needed to learn to play wide receiver. And now, you know, you're seeing him – I really think given the athleticism that he has and kind of the, I hesitate, this is one of the most overused terms in the world, but gunslinger mentality or backyard football mentality that Shea Patterson kind of has. I think he's him and Donovan Peoples Jones are really suited for that improvisational style of football where, you know, sometimes you just need to point a guy in the right direction and get him open and and make a play like that. And um, I certainly think the touchdown uh, that they had on Saturday probably fits the bill of that. So, yeah, they're doing a great job, and now we're seeing that, you know, reports that Tariq Black could be ready here maybe in a few weeks. I mean, you you had him, him to the mix now, and you're talking about something that's, you know, pretty special. So, overall, I mean, I think that – and I've seen people say, oh, they don't have an offensive identity yet. Well, I, I think that their identity right now is that they do they do a lot of things pretty well. I don't think they do anything excellent. I still think that, you know, there are mistakes in, in every aspect of the game so far. Offensive line, mind you – I know that it's not – we need to see that big test, and obviously it comes this weekend is the first part of that. Uh, but we need to see how much better they've gotten. And, and they've gotten – it seems like things have settled down there, and they've gotten at least a little bit better every week. Uh, I even noticed against Nebraska, that was really the first time in a while that you saw those guys start to move move bodies and move a pile. So, um, you know, overall, I, I don't know how you – I know it was 42-21, but it was never even that close. It was never – you know, when they were down seven to three at the end of the first quarter, nobody was really feeling they were on upset alert. They were in control of that game. And, um, you know, from there they, they thrived. So uh, I think you want to see them come out. I think the thing that still kind of bothers me a little bit is that they come out a little bit slow in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you got to finish too. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that overall. So uh, a little bit to that point, Anthony, and, you know, to Chris's point as well about the offensive line play, I have a bit of a theory you know, that I that I kind of got watching the Maryland game and seeing how the game progressed. So we hear, you know, uh, Ed Warner talking about the offensive line improvements, and we hear everyone else talking about how they're getting better each and every week. It's almost like they come out with a slow start, and I got frustrated by it. Then I kind of, you know, like uh, step back a little bit because I feel like Michigan has this confidence against teams like Maryland, you know, SMU, pretty – any Nebraska, anyone they're playing, that they're going to come out and they're going to establish a run. And I, I feel like they're also working on things that they worked on with the offensive line in practice that week and, and putting it into application. It's like a slow building process that they're tr- still trying to work in game against some inferior teams where they feel that they could get off to a slow start and still come back to win these games. You know, that's, that's kind of just a theory that I have. I have nothing really to back that up, but it, it kind of makes sense in my own mind why Michigan are, is getting off to these uh, slow starts, but coming out and throwing those quote unquote body punches, you know, that Jim Harbaugh likes to talk about. What do you guys think? You think that's a realistic thing that they're kind of doing? 
Yeah, I don't. I think there might be a little bit something to that. Obviously, you come out uh, the first 15 plays of a game and you have a script uh, that you run. So that script is a lot of times not only based on the matchup and what you think you can establish early on, but also what you've applied in practice every week. So um, from that standpoint, I think maybe there's a little something to that. I think overall, I mean, I, I don't think that Maryland is that much of an inferior team to where, you know, you can kind of putts around a little bit and, and say, Oh, well, we're willing to take our lumps here, you know, cause we'll, we'll kick the hell out of them down the stretch. You know, that was a team that beat Texas. And, uh, and I think that's a different Texas team that, that Maryland played uh, from where they are, you know, over the weekend beating Oklahoma. So, um, you know, can't directly apply that there obviously, but uh, there might be some, a little bit something to that. Um, like I said, the first 10 or 15 plays of a game, you're always going to come out. You, you you pretty much know what you're going to do, and and very rarely do you see those guys go off script there. So uh, there might be a little bit of something to your theory there. Um, overall, I just think that I think that I feel like Jim Harbaugh takes a while to get into the game and, and feel things out. It doesn't very rarely. Uh, I won't say very rarely, but it seems like against these some of the better teams they play, they kind of get punched in the mouth right off the bat uh, because they're kind of feeling things out. And that's obviously to me, what happened a little bit at Northwestern too, Uh, you know, that you can't really afford to do that against a Wisconsin. Hell, I know that Michigan state doesn't look good, but you can't come out soft and, and unsure of yourself against Michigan state. Certainly can't do it against Penn state and Ohio state. So I, I, like I said, I think I would like to see pedal to the metal a little bit early and, and, you know, Hopefully you don't sacrifice finishing the game late in that regard, which we've seen them do in the past too. But um, I still think quicker starts are, are paramount. And I think that they are working to that, but uh, I have to see it now. What do you think on that, Chris? Yeah. Well, I mean, they haven't played four quarters of great football. I mean, Nebraska, maybe uh, it was that probably the best start that they got off to. Uh, it, it, it's annoying. I mean, just from a fan perspective, it's annoying. Uh, getting behind early and get the stress levels up. He start thinking, you know, waiting for them to wake up. And when they do wake up, I mean, they, uh, you know, they, they throw a pack a massive punch, but it's, um, as, as Anthony said, it's not something that they can, uh, rely on against a Wisconsin or against a Penn state or even a Michigan state. Um, it, it's surprising because this is such a talented team that this continues to happen. Um, I, I think there is, uh, it, as far as what you said, Luke, there is truth to the fact that uh, this is a, uh, a team that really trusts its defense. But even in some of these games like Northwestern, even the defense hasn't uh, started off well. You know, Notre Dame, another one. I mean, the, the two games that came closest to losing, and one of them they did lose, uh, were were because the the defense got off to a slow start, letting up big plays on third downs. Um, it, it's one of those unexplainable things that is yet to be fixed. But I feel like they are getting better. the Mar- The Maryland game, well, it was seven three after first quarter. There was never any doubt to me, at least, that Michigan wasn't going to win. I think that uh, you know they got a nice kick return for a touchdown, but for the most part. Um, 
Michigan came out playing pretty well. Uh, the game itself kind of started slow. I feel like the delay might have had something to do with that. But as far as the what Anthony said with the uh, teams having a script, um, I you're he's right. Uh, but sometimes it just feels like that script is uh, he, he is poorly written. I guess because they, they they seem to come out often and look just lost. Yeah, and you know the two games you mentioned, the scary thing moving forward for Michigan the rest of the year as they begin this just gauntlet of a stretch is that both those games are on the road, man. Uh, this defense, wow. you know, defense usually travels. Sometimes offense can get a little rattled on the road, start slow. But to see defense start as slow as it did in Michigan's two road games this year is one hundred percent a cause for concern. Yeah, I I can't really add much to that. You're ab- I think you're absolutely right. Well. So the Maryland game is done. Michigan, it, it was a dominating performance. There's no question about it. Right now, Michigan's 5-1. and one. They're winners of five straight. They're 3-0 and oh in the Big Ten. But as I just mentioned, this is a gauntlet stretch. Just looking over the schedule real quick, they're home to Wisconsin this week. They're at Michigan State next week. Then they have an off week. Then they're home to Penn State at Rutgers, home to Indiana before the big one in the shoe at Ohio State on November 24th. So this is a huge gauntlet cup upcoming for the Wolverines, but I'm confident going into this games and you know, I, I'm not sure if I should be as confident as I am. This almost feels like I, I'm as confident going into Wisconsin as I was going into Notre Dame. So that's probably yeah. not a good sign. Uh, but you know, Michigan is playing really, really good football right now, especially on the defensive end. And that offense is coming together, you know, uh, taking a look at that Maryland game, that one play, the touchdown that was negated by the phantom holding call on true Wilson, by the way, Ward Manuel needs to file a grievance with the big 10 on these running back holding calls that have happened to Michigan the last two weeks. And this is absolutely ridiculous, but the play that Shea made and the throw that he made, when was the last time we've seen a Michigan quarterback make a throw that good it didn't even count but when was the last time you can recall a Michigan quarterback making a throw that good Henny I mean it's been a long time T- to Manningham probably in East Lansing yeah yeah maybe that was that was it I mean uh it may there may be in 09 maybe 4CA had a had a throw or two that early on that season that was on the money but uh I mean yeah it, and well obviously that one didn't count I mean they um, she's able to make throws all across the field. And uh, I think that is the biggest reason why I think the fan base in general is feeling more confidence than we had uh, even a couple weeks ago. Uh, is we, We've known all year that the defense would be good. I think it's the development of the offense and the fact that, because uh, you know, there is obviously the argument to be made that Michigan hasn't uh, really played anybody since the Notre Dame game, but I, I counteract that by saying, yeah, Michigan maybe hasn't played the toughest schedule since Notre Dame, but one, at least they played a team like Notre Dame, and two, uh, a lot of other teams in the Big Ten haven't taken care of business when they should have. You know, Wisconsin losing to BYU at home. Uh, uh, Michigan State just playing just garbage football basically since week one. Um, uh, Penn State lo- losing a big lead at home. I mean, o- other teams in the Big Ten – have failed to capitalize uh, on what should be uh, winnable games, and Mi- Michigan has this stretch, this this gauntlet, as as uh, you called it, Anthony's. Uh, it it's much more winnable now than 
it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, All three of the teams that Michigan will be playing in the next uh, several weeks, all of them will have at least one loss coming into that game. And early on in the season, we weren't sure if that would be the case. I I think that there were a lot of people that thought early on in the season – between the three of those teams, there might be one loss coming into those games. I think there were probably people who thought MSU would be undefeated, who thought that Wisconsin especially would be undefeated. Penn State would maybe have one loss. So this is a a much more winnable stretch than it was at the beginning of the year. And with Michigan having played the way that they've been playing over the last five weeks, uh, the, the conditions are perfect for Michigan to have a really good stretch here. And also, uh, before we, you know, we, we take a look at Wisconsin, me and Chris last week, Anthony, we were talking about kind of the quarterback room and the quarterbacks on this roster and how excited and confident we feel, you know, with Shea Patterson, with Dylan McCaffrey as a backup as well. How you, how juiced are you about, you know, the quarterback situation for Michigan right now compared to what we've had to go through the last, I don't know, decade? Like I said before, I mean, at the very least, the floor is a lot higher. Uh, you know, you know that, God forbid Shea Patterson gets hurt. You need Dylan McCaffrey to come into a game. You're not totally screwed. Like that's, he looks, <laughs> he's not John O'Corn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even in a situation where God, God forbid Shea and McCaffrey get hurt and you have to bring Brandon Peters in. Like, I don't think you're completely screwed there either. I think that, you know, that's a, a guy who's kind of been overshadowed, but he's been outplayed by two guys that are just better than him. But I thought when he was on the field last year, he was fine. Um, so it's one of those things where going forward, I mean, I don't think, I don't think the shades will end up coming out after this year. So you're going to have another year of him. I would imagine. So, um, if you don't, then you've got McCaffrey, but then Joe Milton's there and Brandon Peters is there. I, I mean, imagine one of those dudes will probably transfer just cause it's a numbers game and you know, these guys want to play and, and rightfully so. But you know, if you don't have a, you know, a lot of people, I don't want to go off too, too much of a tie right here, but. You know, if there's not a, a chance to play, then yeah, don't dog the kid for wanting to go somewhere else. It's gonna happen. That's it happened at Stanford. You know, Jim Harbaugh brought in a lot of guys, and then he said, you know, you roll the balls out there and see how it plays out. So, uh, I feel good about them going forward. I mean, it's not a you know, I do think I tweeted this out over the weekend too. You know, it's funny there was that narrative that you know, oh, why can't Jim Harbaugh find a quarterback? Oh, oh. I think it's funny that the first. Uh, that first quarterback that he did take, I mean, I know Mel Zone was in that 2015 class, but um, they went out and recruited Zach Gentry and, and flipped him because he wanted another quarterback. And now the first quarterback that he ever draft or drafted, uh, been playing too much Madden, <laughs> uh, the first quarterback that he ever recruited is now a tight end and, and probably the best tight end of the yeah. Big Ten. So. Uh, well, and, and also, Anthony, on that, I, I do want to mention, I saw that all last year. It's year three. Why doesn't Harbaugh have a quarterback? Well, folks, that's not really how recruiting classes work. You know, this, it, it's not going to be Georgia right off the bat where you get a Jake from or, you know, what, what Clemson's doing with uh, Lawrence. It, it's just not the way. That's not how the recruiting class works. McCaffrey was on the roster, but he was a red what, a redshirt freshman? There are one or two of those freshman? guys a year, maybe. Right, exactly. So I, I couldn't stand that people were doing that. You know, I, I get Peters probably should have been a little more ready than he was, but we're also seeing right now, and we saw last year, that Brandon Peters, even though he's the number two guy in that class with Shea Patterson, he's not on Patterson's level, and he's not even on Dylan McCaffrey's level. 
Well, and let me say this too. You always have these fans that say, oh, well, why can't you just throw the freshman out there? It can't get any worse. Like you throw a freshman out there that's not ready and you get like what Rutgers has going with Artur Sidkowski this year. Like he's terrible. Cool. He's nowhere near ready. To play. So it's like, you know, you just got to be patient sometimes. And, you know, a lot of, you know, most high schools don't run a up-tempo explosive offense where the quarterback's throwing 50 times a game. A lot of times you go into these recruiting roundups that have, you know, the stats from the week before or things like that. You have like quarterbacks going like eight for 13 or whatever for like 87 yards. So it's like these guys are not only coming into college raw and without experience, but there's also a lot of technique things that they have to work on and then things that they have to work through. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey just had to get bigger, stronger, um, had some mechanical things to work on. Joe Milton, same deal. He's got a little hitch in his throat. They're working on that. So it's like, it takes time. Um, you know, the, the body of work for Michigan and what they've been able to do with, or I should say Jim Harbaugh and what he's been able to do with quarterbacks, you know, you can slice and dice any way you want. I mean, people, it seems like any guy that comes into any situation gets labeled as a quarterback guru. Uh, Doug Nussmeyer was a quarterback guru because he worked with Jake Locker. Oh my God. I just puked. Um, I literally just puked. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, but Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's, he's done it everywhere he's been and he's done a pretty good job at it. So, I mean, Andrew Luck as a college player, forget what he's done in the NFL is one of those like once in a generation talents. Uh, So you're not going to get that everywhere. Um, But what you should expect is guys to be pretty good and to not turn over the football. And outside of last year and having two guys that were clearly in way over their head, uh, they've had that for the most part. All right, so let's look ahead here to this game. Huge matchup again. Top 15, uh, Big Ten implications very much on the line for both of these teams. Michigan, or excuse me, Wisconsin coming in at number 15, Michigan at number 12. College game day is going to be there. I saw a tweet, I think, today or yesterday. Michigan is 9-3 and three at home when college game day is is on campus. Michigan open as six and a half point favorites. The ESPN matchup predictor has Michigan as a 73.9% chance of winning. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, this, this almost feels like the, you know, when everyone picks one team, you know, if you're a sports better, they always tell you fade the public. And this is almost what it feels like. I'm actually getting more nervous. The more that signs point to Michigan dominating on Saturday night. I know where's where's Admiral Akbar with the it's a trap. Like, <laughs> yeah, because that's it feels like that. I mean, I saw the I saw the line for the game was you know whatever it is eight points. Like, whew, that scares me, especially after you know I still I still think maybe Wisconsin might be better than Notre Dame is. Like, I don't know. Um, it's I I'm just I said it after that Notre Dame game. I'm not comfortable picking them to win a big game, but everyone in the world thinks that Michigan's going to, you know, find a way to, you know, win this game. And um, I'll be honest with you. When I make my pick later this week, I'm probably going to pick Wisconsin. Cause I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I can give them the benefit of the doubt, but the last time they played Wisconsin at home, it was a low scoring slug fest. Wouldn't be surprised to see more of that this weekend. Um, you know, two really good defenses. Paul Christ is an excellent head coach. Um, you know, I, I don't, 
I just don't know what to expect because they they do this all the time. They run up the score against the the Nebraskas, the Minnesotas, the Rutgers of the world, the Western Michigans of the world, the UCFs of the world, and they go on these win streaks. And then the next time they play a good team, they get punched in the mouth. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect. I think that I think that Michigan is the better football team. I think they match up very well. But it's just a matter of of having them ready, and you know, I want to see that that swagger, that that swagger that you see when they're putting the boot to the throat of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I want to see that against a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest thing, I guess, I'll be looking for is you know, is can is is the last five weeks for nothing? Are they the same team that they were against Notre Dame? Now, obviously, Notre Dame had the running quarterback that has given them problems since, you know, Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback in Michigan. So it's one of those things. I don't think Hornybrook does that. I think he's, he's way more reckless with the football uh, than, than you'd like to see. So, but also, also take into account how well Notre Dame's been playing. I mean, they dominated Stanford, beat the hell out of Virginia tech in Blacksburg on Saturday night. Like that's pretty good. Pretty good Notre Dame team. So I, it, they are good, um, but but I it's think, still no matter you no matter no matter how good Virginia Tech is or isn't, it's hard to get a night win in Blacksburg, and and Notre Dame went in there with real no problems. Yeah, and they deserve a ton of credit for that. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to turn this into a disparage Notre Dame topic because I, I, you know, I had a feeling coming out of that game against Michigan that they were pretty good, uh, that they were being kind of underrated a bit. But it's it's one of those things where. I just don't know what this team, man. I mean, it seems like they are every bit as talented. I don't think it's a hot take to say they're every bit as talented as Ohio State is. As every bit as I mean, maybe yeah, maybe not I think that's a, that's a bit maybe of a hot. A, Ohio State's just seems like they're on another level with everyone right now. Then it, it, it does. Doesn't it feel know, like their system they play, a little bit though, too? It does, but the thing with them is, you know, when is Michigan ever outside of the Hoke and the Richrod years? Have they been overwhelmed by Ohio State under Urban Meyer? Like they've held even when they they weren't even good, under they, they weren't even overwhelmed under Hoke. Hoke should have beat them a couple times. Yeah, yeah, did beat them. Did uh, beat them once. You got to give him credit for that. Yeah, beat him, beat him once, and then you had the Devin Gardner year where they went for two and they they weren't able to get it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I get. I mean, maybe that's a hot take, but I mean, outside of Ohio State, it's not a hot take to say Michigan's probably the second most talented team in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. Penn State certainly has a claim to that, yeah. um, and that's going to be. You know, who, if I had to rank these three games coming up, coming into the year, I thought maybe Penn State would have been the most winnable. Uh, now it's looking like that might be the hardest one to win. So, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's, I feel like I'm, I have these hot takes, but it, I, I don't know what to expect when from this team when they play a good team. They're, I, I think they're. They're one and eight against top fifteen teams uh, under Jim Harbaugh, and I think the one win was against Wisconsin. Oh my so, God, is that a bad stat? Yeah, it's like the numbers tell me I should not be confident in them, <laughs> and I hate to, you know, I don't want to be, you know, Mister Mister Downside after a five game win streak where they played really good football, but. I can't believe it until I see it, guys. I, I hear you. Well, Chris, what about you? You know, what do you think of going into Saturday? <laughs> Honestly, Anthony made some really good points there, man. I mean, you, you did. I Because 
the spread, I think, is ridiculous. And I, I always find that stuff to be crap. Uh, it just uh, I, I maybe it's just kind of the uh, the way I kind of see things in black and white. It, there's something about the gambling world and the and that uh, kind of environment that just bothers me. Um, like I get pissed off whenever I hear a team is a six and a half point favorite because I'm like. It doesn't make any fucking sense. You can't score a half a point in football. Now I know it's, you know, Vegas and their logic, but uh, that's topic for another day. Uh, as far as this game, uh, I mean, I'm less confident now than I was a couple minutes ago. I mean, yeah, Ant, you made some good points. I think that, um, and I don't want to do that to people, but I'm oh, just no, saying, you, and, and, you didn't do it on purpose. But I mean, you, you had, you had your argument. You made it. I mean, I. I not mad at you. I just, uh, I, I, but I, here's the reason why I, th- and dude, I am, I, maybe I'm a fool. Maybe I'm, I, I am just like, just getting my hopes up too high. Right. But I just feel like now I felt this way two years ago too. And I was wrong, but especially at home in this game, I just feel like there's something different simply because of the quarterback position. Last year against Wisconsin in Camp Randall, Michigan played two and a half quarters of great football and they were winning. And then, uh, because in order for them to win that game, the defense had to be perfect. And they almost were until they gave up like a third and 15 to Hornybrook in Wisconsin. Wisconsin scored, Peters was out, and we knew the game was over. That's not the case this year. I feel like that Michigan. This is a Michigan team that has a guy steering the ship, you know, on the field in Shea Patterson, that can be able to win a game in which maybe the defense gave up a few scores. Maybe there were a few defensive breakdowns. Now, I do think this will be a low-scoring you know, type of slugfest. But the it, it's the quarterbacks on both sides are the reason why I, I give Michigan the edge because, one, I think Patterson is – I just trust Patterson. I think he has the ability to go out and win a football game. And, two, I, st- I think the reason why Wisconsin hasn't uh, won a Big Ten title under Paul – uh, Paul Christ. I think the reason why they didn't make the playoff last year and, and the reason why they've come up short the last couple seasons is because they haven't, they've, they haven't had a fucking quarterback. Alex Hornibrook is the most, is he the most Wisconsin quarterback ever? I mean, maybe Jim Sorge was a little bit more Wisconsin than he was, but like the, you look at the years in which Wisconsin was really, really good. They actually had a quarterback who was pretty good, Tolzien, for two years, and then they had uh, that season of Russell Wilson where that offense was just insane. I, I, I don't think, I don't see a scenario in which if Michigan's winning late in this game, I don't see a scenario in which Hornybrook is going to be able to drive 70, 80 yards and win Wisconsin the football game. Now, if Michigan gets down early because Jonathan Taylor's running the ball all over the field, that's that's one thing. But I don't see that happening because this Michigan defense is really good. Now, hopefully, uh, we can get some of the guys back who have been healthy, who have been injured as well. Um, 
it's going to be, I, I, I've said from the beginning, I've, I've felt like it's going to be a close game. Um, but I, I, I just get the feeling like this is a game that is such a, it, it means more to Michigan here than uh, it does to Wisconsin because obviously both teams need the win need to win this game uh, to to stay in it. But uh, to me, this is Michigan's program like on the line. I feel like they have going into this this brutal stretch. If they lose this game, they will lose. The fan base, the Harbaugh doubters, it, it will, will be back out in full force, and ju- I'll be making an angry video, and justifiably so. You, you, uh, national TV, just like hey, I'm almost, I'm almost pleading now, like don't do this. Like you, you can't lose this game with the stretch they have coming up, and with the team they currently have now. I th- I think that with they don't have their backs against the wall necessarily as a team, but as a program, I feel like they do, and they have since the beginning of the season. They have to win this game. I- I'd go as far as to say they have to win every home game they play this year for any any fan to even consider this season a mild success. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I'm actually most worried about, you know, I don't think Hornybook can beat you through the air, but Michigan being kind of riddled with penalties with the secondary, just Wisconsin running the all-PI offense, man. Like, I'm more worried about that than I am anything else. That's a good point, too. Uh, And I think that, Chris, you bring up a good point. Like, you, this kind of feels like, as as, the pardon my take guys would put it, a loser leaves town game, you know? One of those things where, you lose this game, your season is over. Like you have, I mean, obviously maybe Michigan's isn't, I mean, it's, it's done. It's cooked. You lose, you, you'll win nine or 10 games, like big deal. Like a lot of the goal of the season is to make the playoff and, or, and you know, I'll just, I'll just take winning the big 10. They will not do that if they lose on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can throw that out the door and it's, they should be expect, like I expect them to win this game. No, like they're eight point favorites. They're at home. It's a night game. You're a better football team. You need to win that game. I expect you to win that game. And if you don't, there is no excuses to be made. Like there is, I don't know how confident I, like I'm not very confident in big games right now, but, and I don't want to say that this isn't as big a game, but, uh, you know, obviously Wisconsin maybe isn't as good as, as people thought they'd be coming into the season. Uh, same thing can be said for the opponent that Michigan will face next week. Um, so it's one of those things where you're a better football team. You are like you have better players across the board. The one thing that Wisconsin will always have over you for whatever reason is an offensive line. I don't know how they do it. I don't know where they pluck these guys from. Oh, they, if they, they're right off the dairy they, farm. They pluck them from Wisconsin, man. It's, it's all the guys who go under the radar because, you know, they're not spending their summers in football camps. They're spending their summers working on the farm. So they're just, you know, hay bailing all day long. They don't go to these football camps. They don't get highly recruited because they don't have the stars next to their name. And Wisconsin's like, we'll take you, big boys. And that's where they get them from. Yeah, and that's there's something to be said for that. Like they, they just always have guys. And am I going to be shocked to see Michigan's defense get pushed around on Saturday night? 
Hell no, I'm not, because you may not have Rashawn Gary. You're probably, I mean, obviously it doesn't look like you're going to have Michael Dwumfor for a while. Aubrey Solomon is still banged up. Chase Winovich has been great, but he's just one guy, you know, and you can, and you can take guys like that out of the game if there's just one of them there. So uh, I know Uche has played pretty well. Uh, Quiddy Pay has played pretty well. So they have, they have the guys that offset that a little bit, but I mean, don't, don't be surprised. I mean, you're a better football team and, and you're a, I won't say that eight points is a big favorite, but it's, it's a pretty hefty favorite uh, given Michigan's track record given you know how they fared against some of these better teams don't be surprised if they get punched in the mouth a little bit and if it's going to be all about how they respond to that if they go down 14 nothing 17 nothing you know 17 3 something like that early on i don't know if they can come back from that but i also don't think that wisconsin does enough offensively to jump out to that sort of lead unless like you said jonathan taylor starts running all over them uh, which I don't, I don't think will happen. But like I said, I, I don't he'll know get his I yards. Don't know. I, I mean, just because the offensive line is too good, he's too quick to to not get his yards. It's you know, and usually I think this this is overused. But when people say he can't be stopped, but he can be contained, I think that that there's there's truth to that here. Uh, I mean, I, I I expect he'll you know cross the hundred yard marker. Yeah, and, and you know. I think that this could be 2016 all over again, to be honest with you. Just a defensive battle. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, the teams are very similar. Hell, he, he, even the – the it, Alex Hornibrook was the quarterback back then, right? I mean, he, so, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, um, the teams – yeah, they, they are very similar. I, I think this Wisconsin team, I think – and that's the other weird thing about this game. We don't know how good was the Big Ten has been so weird this season that just like teams we thought were gonna be really good, uh, and have had every reason to believe they were gonna be really good haven't been. So and, and it's like that with Wisconsin. Like you look at them on paper, they should be kind of what they were last season, and that which was a team that. It went twelve and zero, lost a close game to Ohio State, and then proved how good they were by kind of kicking Miami's ass in the in the Orange Bowl, I believe it was. Uh, so, but because the Big Ten's been so wonky, and because of that loss to BYU, we don't know how good uh, really either one of these teams are yet. We think we know, but it's really rare that you get midway through the season. And the only team in the Big Ten that I'm certain is really good is it plays in Columbus. Besides that, I, I'm I'm not sure. So let's uh, let's take a look at the numbers real quick. Uh, SNP Plus has Michigan as the number five team, has Wisconsin as number thirteen. So this is going to be a very good matchup. Uh, taking a look at the yards per play, Michigan offensively ranks number 26 in the country in yards per play at 6.3. Wisconsin ranks number 17 in the country at 6.7, but the yards per play given up on the defensive side, uh, a big, big difference. Michigan ranks number one at 3.5. Wisconsin's defense ranks number 89th in the country in yards per play given up 5.9. yards per play given up by this Wisconsin defense. That number really jumped out to me. Uh, when I was taking a look at it. 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of numbers <laughs> there. I mean, S and P, S and P, A, B, C, D, um, you know, X, Y, Z. The metrics, the metrics, metrics like Michigan, Anthony. That's what you need to know. I know, and God, I feel I'm not. I feel so negative, but it's like it seems like every year you are very reserved. Yeah. I will give you that. You are very, very reserved. You're being honest. I mean, I, it's there's nothing you've said really that I I blatantly disagree with, and you know I would tell you if I did, but I uh, I just feel, and this is rare for me. I just feel a little bit more confident than uh, than you do. Actually, probably a lot more confident. I would say that's that's okay. Like we're gonna have weeks like that, and even. You know, regardless of what happens this week, you may even have me more reserved for next week's game. Um, Just because we've seen this picture show before. I've seen this picture show before. Um, And I'm not trying to be negative, but it's like, you know, it seems like every year we talk about, you you know, now you bring up the S&P, shout out SB Nation, Bill Connolly, that's his thing. Um, It seems like every year that metric loves Michigan. And every year Michigan underachieves based on what the S and P says they're going to do. So, Hey, uh, just go yeah. just find a way. And like, I'm not saying they're not going to win, but I'm, I, September 1st, while it kind of does feel like a long time ago, my, my memories of that, the three hour drive each way to South bend and, and being at the game and, and, those experiences do not feel like they were that long ago. And and the team that I saw on the field that night does not feel like it was all that long ago. And the team that came out in the first part of the game against Northwestern, I didn't see much of that game because I had to go to the wedding. I saw, I saw literally all the bad parts of that game. So, and that looked a lot, that looked a lot like the Notre Dame game. So I'm still, I am still reserved. I am not jumping ship. I think all of the ingredients are there. I think that, there's a very good chance that you go at the very least two and one in this stretch. Um, wouldn't be shocked to see you go three and oh, wouldn't be shocked to see you win out until you play Ohio state. Um, but I, I just have to see it because the body of work suggests the other shoe could drop here soon. And I'm just trying and, to prepare people for that. And you know what, man? Uh, I'm not one usually, you know, I'm not a huge bulletin board guy. Like, I, I think there's something to it, but I, I don't think it's as big as everyone makes it out to be. But even Brian Kelly said after Notre Dame beat Michigan is that his team had to listen, you know, all week long about how good Michigan was. No one was really talking about, you know, Notre Dame and what they had to offer. But everything you know, I, I just saw a Sports Illustrated tweet. They had they had something out there about how Mich- everything's pointing to Michigan uh, kind of dominating Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, you have the video. Yeah, and then David Pollock, he came out. He, he said, can't forget about Michigan in the college football playoff conversation. You've got the ESPN predictor, 73.9%. Like, Paul Chris is going to tell his team this week, look, man, no one thinks you got a chance going into Ann Arbor on Saturday night, and I think Wisconsin is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. And they should. I, and let me, like, let me redirect this now. I doubt anyone from Michigan is listening to this. If you are, we love the support. And you guys are great, and we appreciate you hooking us up when we're there. But you're not good enough to come out slow against this team. You're not. 
because they will punch you in the mouth because everyone's telling them how how much better you are than them. And that could be true. You have the talent. You have the pieces. Just go like just go out there and get it done. This is so I want to correct the stat that I listed earlier. This is from Chris Felica, the Bear, uh, you know, ESPN College Game Day, all that stuff. Since winning his first game versus a top 15 opponent at Michigan 38 to 0, which was that game against Northwestern, I believe it was. Um yeah. in that first year. Jim Harbaugh is 1 and 8 versus top 15 opponents. And since Michigan's last win over a top 15 team, which was Wisconsin in 2016, the Wolverines have lost six straight versus top 15 teams. So that's what they that's what they are yeah. coming to this game. And until you do otherwise, I can't say with confidence that you know what? You know, wouldn't it? You beat Michigan State, beat Penn State. You know what? I think this team might have a shot against Ohio State. I need to see. I need to see you go out and win these next three games. Honestly, yeah, like I, I was, I was gonna about to say that too. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you, you, no, I, I'm not doing the the. Well, you can go two and one. No, go three and zero. Oh. These are they're better than all three of these teams. Go three and fucking zero. Oh, and if you don't, I'm gonna be mad. I, like you have two of these games at home. Michigan State, you have you have no business being within having Michigan State be within two touchdowns of you. Now they will they they will yeah, be just because the fucking rivalry and MSU always comes out hot. Michigan always comes out flat. But it, it, enough of beating around the bush. The fan base feels the same way. Unless they go three and zero in this stretch, people are going to get pissed, and they should. They. It, because if they go two and one, it means they will have lost at least one game to a team that they are not, or, or that is worse than they are. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> let me let me say this: I don't want to look ahead to Michigan State week yet, but Michigan State is dead. Like that, they're done. I mean, you look at them. Just look at some of the things that Mark D'Antonio said on on Tuesday. You know, from my perspective, I feel like we should be five and zero. We should play like we're five and zero. Keep that mindset. You're not five and zero. You've played like ass all year long. Um, your your assistant coaching staff is might be the worst power five staff around a head coach, cheapest power five staff around a head coach in the country. Um, you know, you got Mark D'Antonio out here saying that when things are going well for them, they're going to run the ball forty times a game. You know what? Do that two weeks from now because I got news for it. If you come out against Michigan and you're going to try and run the ball 40 times, which I also think that could be a red herring yeah. and a misdirect because they may know their season is over. And now they're because they're when they're not playing well, the only game that matters to them is Michigan. So that will be their Super Bowl. They will come out and probably punch you a little bit, smack you around a little bit early on in that game, probably score a touchdown right off the bat on some stupid trick play that they've been working on since spring ball, because you know, that's what we're going to do against Michigan. Um, you have an opportunity to not only go out and beat Wisconsin, but you could go bury your rival alive, like, and, and this charade of, of Mark D'Antonio dominance over the state. You know, you could say the one win he had over Michigan. You could say it, it was a fluke win. Uh, the, the trouble with the snap game, Last year, Michigan shot itself in the foot and lost. That's on them. But, you know, this – you have a chance to go take your state back. 
and not only just do that, but steamroll them too, because there's always, there's always the talk, the talk, the talk, you know, where'd all the Wolverines go? Yada, yada, yada. I think that Mark D'Antonio, it's a shame because he's done such a great job in getting them back, but they're not, they're not interested in doing anything to remain in the national spotlight. Like they are just going to go out and do those things and not adapt at all. Um, it's sad that the guy that's been as good as he is, is probably going to end his tenure there on a sour note. Cause it looks like that right now. Cause I got news for you. They're not beating Penn state. They're not beating Ohio state. And right now, I mean, it doesn't, they'll be ready to play against Michigan. But if that team that you've seen in the first five weeks comes out five or six weeks, whatever it is, comes out and plays like they have against Michigan, Michigan should run away in that game. But again, it's one of those things where the rivalry is stupid. The rivalry is weird. Um, you know, overall, and I don't want to, I didn't want to turn this into Michigan state, but these next three weeks are a program perception yes. changer for Michigan. Cause right now you are labeled as a choker. You are labeled as a blue blood program. It's not quite ready to sit at the big, the big boys table because you keep pooping your pants and have to go sit with the kids. So go out and beat Wisconsin, go out and, and steamroll Michigan state in their own building and then come back and beat that fraud. James Franklin and Penn state too. go three, and zero. set yourself up to beat Indiana and Rutgers because you will beat Indiana and Rutgers and have your game against Ohio State mean something. That game in 2016 meant something. And it came down to, you know, I don't like saying that referees changed the outcome of a game. JT was short, but, um, you know, up into that, Michigan basically had that game won and it didn't go their way. Go to Columbus. Just get the job done. Like, stop. Don't be Texas or USC or Miami where you win a couple games here and there and everyone says you're back and then you shit your pants when it matters most go out and win these next three games. It starts on Saturday. You're good enough. You are like enough of the, you know, coming out like a deer in the headlights, looking like you're unsure of yourself. You're not central Michigan going into East Lansing, hoping you can pull off an upset. You are the university of Michigan. You've put together top five recruiting classes, Pretty much every year under Harbaugh, you've got the some of the best facilities in college football. You've got a head coach who I think I I, I do think Jim Harbaugh is a terrific head coach that at times outthinks himself and is unsure of himself. Go out, change the perception, get the monkey off your back, and and give people a reason to give you respect because people don't respect you right now because they know when times get toughest in the past the wheels have fallen off. Don't let that happen. Don't pass up an opportunity to make this a special season. I know that Notre Dame didn't go your way, but don't don't mess this up for yourselves because you're better. I'll say it. You're better than the next three teams that you play. And if you lose any of those games, you need to look yourself hard in the mirror because really you're not playing for anything the rest of the season. If you got to say, well, we can go two and one and then, you know, this, this, this needs to happen. If you're already going through those scenarios in your head, you're a loser. Period. My dog agrees. <laughs> Look, uh, so when Penn State lost to Ohio State, James Franklin in his press conference said something that really stuck with me. He said, you know, we went from a good program 
to a great program and we, you know, they played an elite program in Ohio State and they have a lot of work to do to get to that elite program level. Michigan right now is a great program and they have a chance to take the first step into being an elite program with these next three games. If they go, if you want to be considered an elite program, an elite program beats Wisconsin on Saturday night. They go in and they beat their rivals the next week and they come off a bye and they beat a very good team at home in Penn State. That's what an elite program does. A great program, you know, maybe beats Wisconsin, loses a close one on the road to Michigan State, beats Penn State, or, or loses any of the 1-3 game. That's what a, a great program does. A good program maybe goes 1-2 and two in that stretch of three with the lone win being against Michigan State. That's what good programs, that's what great programs do. Jim Harbaugh did not come to run a great program in Ann Arbor. That's not why everyone was so excited to get him, and that's not why Michigan broke the bank for Jim Harbaugh. They brought in Jim Harbaugh to be an elite program, to build an elite program. And like you just said, Anthony, he's got a chance to do something with these next three games, starting on Saturday night, college game day there, night game under the lights at the big house to take a step toward being an elite program. You want to compete with Ohio State every year for Big Ten championships? You have to become an elite program like Ohio State is, and an elite program goes 3-0 and in their next three games, starting with a big victory and a dominating victory over the incoming Badgers on Saturday night. Man, this turned into like an inspirational speaking hour. I like it. I felt like Al Pacino on any given Sunday yeah. there, you know? The inches we need. No, I feel like uh, uh, when I was doing my little thing there, I needed like the organ music yeah. playing. <laughs> all right, so I, I'm not going to ask you guys for your predictions. We did that with Notre Dame. We all said Michigan was going to win that game, and they lost. So I'm not going to do that. And as we end this, I'm going to ask one thing because we like to do that here. Chris, I saw that you had a YouTube video out kind of reviewing Venom, and I don't want you to give it all away. I want people to go watch that YouTube video, but give us your your short synopsis of your review on Venom. You liked it, you didn't like it. What What's the well, verdict? The, t- the title of the Most video players. is I Almost Liked Venom, and that's, that's the truth. It starts out, and I was like, wow, people are hating this? I the first half, I'm like, I'm with this. I'm, I'm, I'm really with this. And then it shit gets stupid fast, um, like <laughs> really, really stupid. Uh, it's not because uh, as the internet goes, you know, uh, people are hyperbolic. People saying this is, you know, comparing it to comic book movies from 15 years ago, like Ang Lee's Hulk or Elektra or shit. Like, it's not that bad, but it's. It is a disappointment. Well, there, go watch the video. Where can they find the video? Uh, That's uh, YouTube.com. I think it's if you go to YouTube.com slash CLC, I believe you can find it there. And also, if you go to my Twitter as well, the link, uh, I posted it there, so the link is in there. Uh, Do Do you plan on going see it, Anthony? I will at some point. There's actually like fall. The fall movie schedule is not lining up with the fall football schedule because there's a lot going yeah. on. I want to see. I mean, I want to. I want to. I mean, I'm I'm a comic book dude, so like, no matter if people said Venom was terrible or not, like, I'm gonna see it just to see what the hype is all about. So I'm gonna see that at some point. I would. I'd really like to see a Star Is Born. Want to go see First Man? 
I want to go see um, you know, Bad Times at the El Royale. I want to see the new Halloween. I, I, looks every, everything I've seen so says like, it's really good. Yeah, I'm I'm very much here for that. And, and maybe, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the bye week falls on Halloween weekend. So we might be able to do some kind of scary movie show. Obviously, we'll have Michigan from the previous week to talk about. And then, uh, Ooh, I like yeah, it. I, yeah, I like it. Let's do some foresight Let's mix here. it up. Maybe, that we'll, maybe a little Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore <laughs> season, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I have not been to the movies. God, probably definitely since I got the dog. Uh, so it's been a couple months. I don't. I think the last movie I saw was Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, there there hasn't so. been a lot out in theaters though until the fall schedule. That's really caught my eye though. I know all, all the like the Oscar bait stuff is coming out now, but like all the Oscar bait stuff yeah. was really damn good. So I'm um, I'm here for it. So um, I gotta. I'm kind of one of those like I like to go to the early shows for like five dollars too. So maybe even this weekend, like with Michigan playing a night game, I might be able to sneak off to the movies like in the morning or or something like that. So just with, I mean, with college and the NFL, like it's just a it's it's grind time. It's grind time, right baby. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap things up here on this edition of Brewcast. Uh, Chris, where can we find you on the social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. Follow me there. I got uh, still making postgame videos after every uh, postseason baseball game. Uh, there you can find the link to my YouTube page as well. I post there eh, probably once every couple months. Um, so uh, give me a follow and uh, hope to see you on the feed. Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, this weekend, probably either in the movie theater or a <laughs> bar somewhere. No, just kidding. Um, follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Obviously follow everyone's work over at Maze and Brew. I won't just throw my own name in there. Everyone does a, does a mm-hmm. good job. Um <laughs> NFL stuff, 24-7 sports. Y'all know the drill there. Um, other than that, I you know, just keep doing the thing. The dog is out now and playing with the squeaker, which I'm sure you guys can hear. So um, that's all I really have to say. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Also, I want you to go follow the Brewcast uh, Twitter page at Brewcast Show. We really want to get that that Twitter going. You know, engage with with our listeners on there as well. You know, throughout the games and share news with the show and everything. So make sure you go follow at Brewcast Show. And of course, follow Maze and Brew on Twitter and on Facebook as well. This has been a fun show, guys. I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, again, if also a uh, quick little thing, I don't, I cannot share exact details yet. But be on the lookout for something website slash potentially show related in terms of meet and greets very soon. That's all I'll say. So make sure you go follow our Twitter and Facebook pages. Yeah, there you go. I'll share that. We'll be able to share that when there's more info. All righty. We'll be back next week, hopefully recapping a win against Wisconsin and taking a look ahead to Michigan State. And we'll see you next week on Brewcast. Brewcast.